talk about praying with power. Actually, not just today, but the next couple weeks. Uh, I just want to encourage us as a church and anybody here listening how we can pray with power. I think prayer is sometimes perceived as a weak thing to do, especially as men. And I think prayer is sometimes perceived as just something pastors do or super spiritual fanatics do. Or maybe you think of the monks who commit themselves to silence and, and all they do is pray. But prayer isn't about doing. Prayer is about being. Being with the one who is our creator, who loves us, who is for us, who can do far more for us than we can do for ourselves. And prayer is just the word that we use to talk to God. And yes, prayer takes faith and prayer takes patience. Prayer takes time, right? And sometimes we ask, is, does prayer even work, right? As if we want prayer to be kind of like that magic formula to, to solve all of our problems. And I'll only pray if you do exactly what I need to do right away. But truly, prayer is about having a relationship with God. And that as we have a relationship with God, God walks beside us through everything that we do. And so I hope that this video encourages you to pray with power. I hope this video encourages you. Maybe you don't ever pray. Maybe you haven't prayed in years. Maybe you're always praying every day. And I can just encourage you to keep on going in your prayer life. And so, because I know that there is power in prayer. Now, what I want to start with today, because it's going to be, like I said, multiple videos on encouraging you to pray with power. I want to talk today about where we start. And we can think about prayer as we uh, starting with us, because we literally talk to God first. Or we can think about prayer starting with God and, and who He is. But I want us to think about starting with access. Um, this summer we got to go on vacation as a family and one of the things we like to do is we like to go to amusement parks and so we can come into the parking lot and we can see the rides from a distance and we can smell the food and we can hear the screams of people excited on the rides but the truth is we need access we need a ticket in order to get into the park right and the question for us is how do we access coming to God in prayer and how do we access power when we pray well, I want us to focus on one verse today in this short video. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Do you hear that? Let us draw near to the throne of grace. And those are the four words I want us to focus on today. Throne, I want us to focus on the word grace, and I want to focus on drawing near today. So let us talk about this throne. I mean, what do you envision when you come to God to pray? I do believe that our view of God drastically affects how we pray. If you have a view of God that he's weak or you think that he's not there or he doesn't deserve us to pray to him or maybe you're angry of God or you're, you don't want to respect God because of issues that happen in your life, it's going to affect how you pray. But if you have a, a heart of humility when you come to God to pray, if you recognize his majesty and glory, it's going to increase your faith and draw you in prayer even more. And Hebrews 4 says we should see a throne, right? We should understand that God is a king and not just a king, but he's the king of the entire universe and he is seated on the throne. It says many times, even in Revelation, that there is a throne and there is one seated on the throne and we should see that as we approach him. So I would ask you, if you were to be, if you were in a different country 
and you got an opportunity to come and meet the king of that country, how would you come? Would you come just with a, with a disrespect? Would you come with, with just kind of a flippant attitude? Would you come with arrogance and pride? Or would you come understanding just how amazing it is that you're standing before the king of this entire country? See, I believe that that's that in that same way that that's how we should approach coming to God, that he's not the king of another country, but he's the king of the universe, right? And so let me just share a couple things that we should have when we come to him. When we come to the throne of, of God, we should come with humility, right? We should recognize his greatness and we should automatically humble ourselves. And see, sometimes we don't like coming to God in prayer because it requires humility. But if you look in history of some of the kings that once lived, I mean, there are people that would prepare for weeks, sometimes months, before even coming and approaching the king. They recognized that even to come to the king, that if they said one thing wrong, they could be sent out, sometimes even killed. And so there'd be such a humility that they had when they came before a king, right? And that's the humility that we should have, right? That we should come to him with respect. We should come to him with reverence, right? We should come recognizing who we are worshiping, even in our posture, right? Sometimes we come to God with our feet kicked up and a coffee in our hands, but no, we should come with humility. Listen, we should approach the throne with a heart of submission, right? Like he's my king and my Lord, therefore I'm coming to do your bidding. I'm coming to hear what you want for my life. I'm coming to listen. I'm not coming to listen to what, I mean, I'm not coming to tell you what I want you to do, but instead I want to come listen to what you want us to do. Sometimes we get that backwards and all we do is we come to God with our, our laundry list of things we need. But no, instead we should come with submission, with a submissive heart. Right? Like recognizing that I'm not the master of my life, but I'm a steward and God has given me time, resources. How can I steward this? So God, let me come with a heart of submission. Jesus taught his disciples how to pray. He said, we should pray, let your kingdom come, O God. Let your will be done. And when we come to the throne, we're submitting. Not only should we submit, but when we come to the throne, we should have joy. I mean, the honor that we have that God would call us to come, right? To be in the presence of the king, right? There should be a joy in our hearts. Even in, the, in some of the most sorrowful times in our life, when we come to God to pray, we should say, God, fill me with joy because I'm coming before you, right? In the presence of God, there is fullness of joy, it says in Psalms. Listen, when we come to God's throne, we should come with enlarged expectations, right? I think sometimes we come with such a small view of what God can do, right? And we limit that. We put God in a box. But we should have enlarged expectations. We should take whatever we're expecting God to do and we should say, God, I know you can do even more. I mean, this is what it says in Ephesians 3. It says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever, amen. Do you hear that? That he can do far more than we can ask or think. I mean, sometimes whatever we're thinking God can do, we should just automatically say, well, you can do more than that, right? So how can I think more? How can I think bigger? Uh, and, and not just now, but it says he does it throughout all generations. This was written 2,000 years ago, and this applies to us today. I love this story in Numbers chapter 11. 
and, and there's this time where God's people who were delivered from Egypt were in the desert. Moses was leading them. They already came through the Red Sea and God was feeding them by giving them manna, which was like a bread-like substance. And the people started complaining and saying, we want meat, we miss eating meat. And, and as they complained, God heard their complaint. He wasn't happy with it, but he's like, fine, you, they want meat, I'll send them meat. And, um, and I'm gonna give them meat for a month. And he tells this to Moses. And Moses just says, God, we're in the desert. How could we possibly feed, how could you possibly feed 600,000 people meat for a month, right? And God's answer simply was, is my hand too short, right? I'm gonna show you that when I say something, it can be accomplished. And all of a sudden it says that God sent this wind and, and brought in all this quail and it said they fell on the ground and it says there was so much quail that it was three feet uh, deep on the ground and it went uh, a one day's journey in all different directions. I mean, God can do so much and we shrink him down and instead we need an enlarged expectations when we come to him. And, and lastly, I would say that when we come to the throne, we need a sincere heart. Listen, uh, God's throne and coming to the throne of God in prayer, it's different than talking to anybody else. I can talk to a friend, I can talk to a coworker, I can talk to my spouse or kids, I can talk to any of you. But the truth is, you don't know what's in my mind and you don't know what's in my heart fully. But when I come to God, He sees what's in my mind, He sees my thoughts, and He sees my heart. And therefore, it is so important that we come very sincere that we don't have to try to be someone else. We don't have to try to impress other people. We don't have to worry even how we sound. So many people are afraid to pray because I'm afraid of what, what I sound like. No, we just need a sincere heart before God and be real because God is real and he expects us, us to be real. Um, I'm gonna refer every now and then to this Charles Spurgeon book, The, the Power of Prayer in a Believer's Life. It's really encouraged me. And um, one of his quotes in this book, he says this, he says, if I am called upon to pray in public, I must not dare to use words that are intended to please the ears of others, but I must realize that I am speaking to God himself and that I have business to transact with the great Lord. And if in my private prayer, if I bow a knee and repeat certain words, I am sinning if my soul is not speaking to the Most High God. Do you think that the King of Heaven is delighted to hear you pronounce words with frivolous tongues or thoughtless mind? You know him not. God is spirit, and they that worship him should worship him in spirit and in truth. Wow, that is crazy, right? I mean, isn't that a wake-up call to us? Why should we worry about what anybody thinks? And when we pray by ourselves, should we just go through emotion? No, we are going before the God who is on the throne, and we need to go with a sincere heart. Now listen, we don't just go to the God who's on the throne, but it says that we go to the throne of grace. And this word grace is so important to us. If you don't know what that word means, it means unmerited favor. It means we, we get something good that we don't deserve, right? And, and that is what's on his throne, right? We get this access to come to the throne of grace, right? And why can we do that? It's because of Jesus Christ. See, when we look at this verse in Hebrews 4, if we read it in context, it actually starts by saying, since then we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens, 
His name is Jesus, the Son of God. For we don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but one in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet was without sin. Therefore, let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So many times we don't come to God because we feel unworthy. We feel like we don't have access. We feel guilty. We don't feel like we deserve to come. We recognize God is so great. So how could I possibly stand before God, right? I mean, and, and you're right. I mean, even in our times of prayer, do you recognize that even when we pray, we can mess it up and sin many times, right? We pray with, with pride. We pray with distraction. We pray with wrong motives, right? We pray with lack of faith. I mean, even in our best times when we think we're trying to do our best in prayer, we mess it up. So how could we possibly come to the throne of God, right? But it's called a throne of grace. See, the throne of justice was transformed into a throne of grace. And it was transformed because of Jesus Christ, right? I mean, it's through him we can receive mercy. And that mercy wasn't free. That mercy was very costly. It didn't cost money. It didn't cost dollars. It was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ. He was our priest. And even though he had no sin in his life, he was sacrificed on a cross to take all of our mistakes, to take the justice and the punishment that we deserved was paid by him. Therefore, we can have confidence to draw near to the throne of grace. And do you hear that? Grace. That we can come to this throne, right? We can come to God every day and we can find the strength and we can receive the resources that we need for every area of our life, whether it's our work area, whether it's our home area, whether it's our health, whatever, whether we're doing ministry, we can find grace there at the throne for everything we possibly need. And so I just want to encourage you, there is a throne, but it is a throne of grace. There is a throne, but it's a throne of mercy. And you can come to that throne. I, I will even say, even right after our worst times, when we feel most ashamed of what we have done, we can come to the throne of grace and we can receive mercy. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we went out to some amusement parks this summer as a family. One of them was Bush Gardens. And um, when we went there, um, the lines were actually really long. And they sell these things called speed passes or queue passes where you can jump the line and, and bypass everybody waiting in line. But in order to get these passes, it's, it's very costly. It's, it's, an, it's like double the price. And being a family of six, we just don't have that kind of money to spend. But halfway through the day, someone, a couple people were leaving early and two different people came up and gave us free speed passes so that we could bypass the line. Now, as we bypass the line and there's an hour long line right and we go right up in front there's a little bit of a can I do this right is this okay but through that pass right I didn't have to worry about what anybody thought or what we did we just went right up and we got on the line and, and got on the ride and isn't that the way it is when we come to Jesus listen we can bypass all of our mistakes we can bypass everything what what people think of us we can bypass even what we think of ourselves and we are called to come boldly. We are called to come with confidence to the throne of grace. And so listen, when, when, I, when I, we hear this word throne and we hear this word grace, right? Uh, my question is, but will you draw near? See, the throne talks about who God is. 
Grace talks about what we will receive, but drawing near, it talks about what we are called to do. It's on us to take some time to turn off all of our distractions and approach the throne of grace. We have access to that throne. Will you draw near? There's a promise that says in James that when we draw near to God, he will draw near to us. We have that open door. We have that ticket. We have that access to God. And when we draw near to God in prayer, we will find power for our lives. So I just want to encourage you today, take the time to draw near to the throne of grace, for you have been given access. I don't care who you are, Jesus Christ died for every single person in this world. All we need to do is humble ourselves and come before him and talk to him, and he will meet us there. I encourage you, take some time right now to talk to God and to come before the throne of grace. Thanks so much for watching this video with me. I hope it encouraged you.